Hello and welcome back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove our and trashy movies have so much in common, you don't got to enjoy just one or the other. So we will take our movie of this week and pair it with something already or trashier, hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, we entertain you. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the only other member of my labor union. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. We're this is a... the most romantic thing someone can say. <laughs> <laughs> we're a two-person labor union. Oh, yeah. We're going to go on, don't let management hear this, though. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage management will be down our throats before you can... It's the cat. The cat (laughs) is garbage management. How are you? Are you excited that Labor Day is today? Today. Today. This is the very day that this episode is releasing. Happy Labor Day to one and all. Mm -hmm. Especially all. Yeah. Anybody that uh, outputs labor. If you're an executive, don't listen. (laughs) Turn this off right now. No executives allowed. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoy getting soaked with neon, that is. Because today's movie is 1981's Thief. What the hell do you think that I do? I wear $800 suits. I wear a gold watch. I'm a thief. You want to put down contract scores all over the country? Working directly for me? I am self-employed. I work for you, I'm pulling a lot of exposure. Are they in the walls? I mean, can they hear you? They don't run me, and you don't run me. I want my end, and I am out. You don't want to work for me? What's wrong with you? You do what I say. I run you. I want you work until you are burned out, you are busted, or you're dead. I am the last guy in the world that you want to mess with. It's a neo-noir. You look really disappointed. Sorry, I'm still on soaked with neon, that is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And I do. I like that soaking someone can mean like completely fleecing them, like like stealing oh, from yeah. them in like stealing everything they own is yeah. kind of the, the vibe. Does, that, like does that. that literally come up in Thief? It feels like it would fit, right? I feel like someone says it at some point. Okay. But... That's why it's stuck in my brain. Yeah. Also, I love the neon. Also, it's just a really good movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it is, in fact, the Labor Day special because we're talking about the yields of our labor and such. Yes. We're talking <laughs> about who owns the fruits of labor. Mm-hmm. Who's got the money in the pocket. Yes. <laughs> and on the wage. All that kind of. I feel like by the end of this episode, we'll have recreated that speech in its entirety by accident. Yeah. <laughs> in pieces. Accident. Uh, total accident. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Thief, Nick. Yeah, I will. It's very good. Um, good. End of episode. <laughs> so we'll talk about this like at the end of when we have our, you know, takeaway on all this. This is my favorite Michael Mann movie by far mm. of any of that I've seen. I've got lots yep. of reasons to back that up. But, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to challenge you, but oh, I'd you love were. to hear them. <laughs> Just to be difficult. No, no, no. I totally see that. Michael Mann, I, I, it took me a while to kind of get a grasp on it. I was like, these movies look great. I just, I'm not like totally clicking with it and I yeah. don't understand why. And uh, now I, now I am clicking with it. With I've, this one specifically. Yeah. I feel like I've got one of those, like, am I the problem? Am I the one <laughs> yeah. flawed? Because everyone very much not, loves yeah. his movies. And I'm usually like, same as you, I think. Lukewarm-ish. Sure. Whereas like, this one. I get that people would love these. Yeah. I don't. 
but this one idea. Yes. I oh we agree. Well, <laughs> we were just we were just talking about like we should get some movies on that one of us like we disagree really yeah. hardly on, but like <laughs> now we both just love this movie. No, it's yeah. just really good. So it's uh yeah, written by directed by this Michael Mann character. Sure. Mr. Great. Mann. Mr. Mann. We just say man. <laughs> <laughs> actually we do just say because yeah, that's do, his actually. last name yep. all right it's uh, the last time i'm like i'll make that joke <laughs> first and last Wink. um it's his debut uh that's feature wild. film yeah which like obviously he's done some stuff before this just not a feature film sure okay. um lots of people's acting debuts too which is mm. cool love to see that um i'll mention that like you get the big title in the front it's based on the home invaders by frank hoheimer uh, in various interviews, Michael Mann will confirm there is absolutely nothing of the book in this movie. <laughs> okay. They are, if anything, at odds with each other. Oh, um, okay. There's the line that Frank Conn gives, Frank Conn, James Conn, the character of Frank, <laughs> yes. gives at some point being like, we don't do home invasions and all that. That's mm-hmm. because he doesn't. And the book yep. is about home invasions. So it's, Oh, it is specifically. Okay. All right. I about, thought maybe it was a metaphor. Yeah. That's what I was thinking no? maybe too. But I... <laughs> I think man's way around it is like it's about the the atmosphere of where that book takes place more okay. than anything. Like he read it, he's like, I'm gonna write a screenplay that has kind of something to do with this book. <laughs> That's how. Um, oh, what is the director of Annihilation? Um, oh. Alex Garland. Director of yes, thank you, Alex Garland. Yes. Um, he read the book, and I've read the book, and it's a great book, and. He it's not was like, similar. no, they're not like they have the same premise, and that's about it. He was like, I just wanted to make a movie that kind of mimicked the feeling of reading the book. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, all right, I get that. It makes sense. So I respect that uh, that approach, even though I'm sure it infuriates people sometimes if they're expecting the book. Yeah, it feels like a gamble where like. If it's good, then like it's gonna be fucking great. Yeah. Two such examples we've just discussed. Yeah. Really, uh, <laughs> did the bo- Did you like the book the same way as the director? Uh, if not, you might not like it just because you like the book. And I'm coming to mind is David Lynch's Dune. Famously, did not sure. like the book, yeah. but I won't comment on that because there are a heated debate on either side of enjoyers <laughs> of that movie. Uh, and I got a lot of Dune opinions. Go oh. check out our Dune episode. Yes, you do. <laughs> we put them all in a box yeah. safely away from any other movie. It's like keeping sharp things away from me, just for everybody's safety, mostly We're my just going to take your shoelaces and... <laughs> so who's in this movie, Aaron? Who's in this movie, Nick? Uh, I mentioned James Caan. There yes. he is. The goat. I, probably my favorite performance of his. Uh, it's a just stellar performance. And like a real James Caan character. Yeah. <laughs> I have to assume that this character is not that different from him as a person. That's he's funny. just doing him. Is him that... in interviews, he's like, this is one of the hardest roles to get into, he said, because by design, Frank is so like closed off to things. He's a very sure, mechanical sure. guy. Yeah. And he's, he says in interviews, like, I'm a very emotionally available person. Right. And it, like, I actively get sad playing somebody that's oh, emotionally cut honey. off. Just like, <laughs> that's very cute. The, was... the, I, I, I could see getting sad playing this role though, because I mean, we'll get into it, but Frank, the character yeah. by design, he made himself emotionally unavailable. Yes. I think he is actually at heart, a James Conn person. Who is like a big sentimental softie, yeah. even if they seem tough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's just had so much shit happen to him that he's like, you can't live that way. It will destroy you. And like, I can imagine that being sad to play for yeah. a couple of reasons. Yeah. Uh, the thing I love, uh, the one thing I knew about James Conn before I think I saw any of his movies was like, he was talking about his son coming up in Hollywood and like. Oh, who's his son? Scott Conn. He's uh, on one of the CSIs? Oh, okay. Something like that? Very yeah. Um, and just being like, yeah, my dad never uh, 
physically like hugged me in any way uh told me he loved me any of this stuff and so he's like so i bug the shit out of scott every day i tell him i love you so much you're the light of my life go out there and do great son i'm proud of you no matter what and just like being so supportive and he's like it bugs the shit out of scott and i'm never gonna stop doing it (laughs) i do not care i don't give a shit he's gonna feel supported that's so sweet. Yes. That doesn't surprise me at all. It's no. great. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like th- this could be me making up a guy to get mad at, but I do feel like <laughs> there are types that would use, like, James Conn is like a real man's man, super masculine, like, he doesn't care about uh, your feelings sure. and all that. Like, he looks like a guy that would present that way, and he plays some characters that are like that. Sure. But it's yeah, just so funny to have, like, the core of him is just like, I love everybody, yeah. and <laughs> all I have are happy memories I wish to discuss with all. It's, it, I'm going to work at loving everyone every day. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. All right. Fantastic, James Con. You got Tuesday Weld, one of the greatest first names. I love. That <laughs> it's in- a great yeah. name overall. Every yeah. time I've seen it, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and she takes what, in my mind, could be a really one note. Okay, I'm a male-oriented viewpoint writer, and I'm just gonna yeah. write a a woman yeah. to be in this movie. <laughs> Cardboard woman one. cut out. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like she does a great job of making her a real ass character. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think the one of the again we will get into it, but the tragedy kind of of this is that she is she's you know his equivalent. She's yeah. she's Frank, but she's just took a different path to get there. They came and, up to the same the same forcing the same decisions, but they yeah. took different decisions at that that branch point. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, and just the same shit kind of shit has happened to them, and like. It's, you know, the tragedy is that there are so many people like that and, and that by design they have been conditioned not to want to connect with other people. Oh, yeah. But that's where their strength would be if they could connect with other people. And that's why these two are so great together. Yeah. They are so good. That diner scene where they talk to each other is just like enrapturing. Yeah. And like nothing fucking happens in it. And I mean, but, this gets talked about to death, but Khan is like, that's the best scene I've ever done in my life. And like, yeah, I could I could see that. I could see just being like, this is the this is the good shit. And like so much stuff went wrong when they were filming it of like he tries to light a cigarette, that lighter's supposed to work and he's supposed to be smoking. Oh really? Like it's all little stuff like that that no. he there's so many interviews because it's a very famous movie, he's a very famous man. But where he talks about how he like because of how hard it was to act as Frank, it became a thing of like very second nature because of how hard he had to work to get there. Oh, yeah. So, well, Frank's whole thing is, like, this persona, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So mm-hmm. it, it okay. felt like he's saying that, like, one of the reasons he's so proud of it is because of how natural it felt, which <laughs> yeah. is, like, when it's an, a natural character that you're playing to yourself, that's got to feel, like, amazing to actually... <laughs> to, to pull that off. Yeah, stick that lighting. Anyway, Good I'm still him. listening to the cast here. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be quite the episode. In his first role, we got Robert Prosky, one of the greats. Oh, Wow. Yeah, like, he was a, like, glorified extra in one other thing. Oh, okay. And, like, this is his first role he's had that has lines, I think. Okay. Which is wild. Quite a role, yeah. uh, Again, interviews with, like, Brookheimer and Mann talking about, like, yeah, this was the hardest role to cast. And they saw, like, 90 people, and they're just like, well, do we just rewrite the story? Because nobody's gonna... And then Robert Prosky came in, and they're like, that's the guy, done. No, no second thoughts about it, which is great. Amazing, I love it. It is, side note, it's very funny that Jerry Bruckheimer is a producer on this because mm. it's it's just like so not like an examination of not exactly masculinity, but the way that like you have to react to that sort of masculinity pressure, mm, you know, yeah. and for <laughs> which Jerry Bruckheimer is just like a little bit of propagator of that <laughs> that kind of thing, which is just funny. 
But I think less great. so than other people. But. That's good for a produ- producer to role to take, where you're just like, I know someone about this, but I'm not good at whatever you're trying to do. So sure, I'll just yeah. hang out and help, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'll just write the checks. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got Willie Nelson. We got Jim Belushi. Also, his like first acting acting role, like right, capital yeah. A acting role. Everyone is very smooth and young in this. Yeah. Or they're craggly as hell. I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, here's some fun stuff. So there's a few like couple of line roles that don't get much attention paid to them. Mm. Um, there's John Santucci, who's Uritzi, the cop. Okay. Like oh, right, yeah. There's, and there's a few, like, hangers-on of Leo's uh, and all that. Sure. And they're, for the most part, they're all cops or criminals. Oh, wow. And they're all playing reverse. <laughs> so Thief the Movie is essentially 100% based on John Santucci's life. Okay. To the point of the tools that they're using that are real tools... Santucci brought them from home. Oh shit, that guy, the cop that yeah. like follows him everywhere is the guy? Yeah. He, oh, that's he is, awesome. To okay. the point of like Frank's character is so based on him that James yeah, yeah. Conn was saying like, I have to try hard not to do an impression of right, him. Right, yeah. Because you can see it fitting so well. <laughs> yeah. And part of the reason this all worked is because most of the criminals on set, including John Santucci, passed the statute of limitations. So they're just nice. bragging at the yeah. cops about how they pulled this shit off. <laughs> Oh, that's the dream. That's the fucking dream is just to sit around and be like, you guys are morons. Here's how I did it. <laughs> I'll collect my paycheck now. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much. But oh, it's like rules. all the methods that they used are yeah. things Santucci used and like cops corroborated like, yeah, we found a safe with a hole cut in it. Yeah. And we these tools were left at the scene. So we know how we did it. Right, right, right. Like, that's that's such a funny part of it to me is they don't really go to any lengths to like they're constantly inventing new methods and just mm-hmm. leaving their tools and their shit at the scene. It's so heavy. like it doesn't matter. I'm never gonna use this again. Yeah, it's it's so funny. It's just a very like they're so creative. <laughs> but it's all based like it's all he was the technical advisor. John okay, Santucci, sure, sure. Just to be like, no, if this was a real thing, this is what you'd do. Awesome. And like the cops partially were on set to be like, you gotta cut that this scene and that scene. Otherwise, people will do this. Yeah. No. No, I'm not. So, I'm, I'm so sure. Speaking of which, Dennis Farina is in there as, like, a goon. He was actively a right. cop at that time. Okay. Which is very funny. Oh, really? And his, like, the other goons there with him are all cops uh, that are there to play. Criminals. Did he do this on purpose? Did Michael Mann cast it? So... I gotta assume so. If it's that cut and dry. Yeah, because, like, most of the cops are in this are criminals. Like, Santucci's there, and, like, his buddies are the other cops. Right. Which is very funny. <laughs> One of them that I think is so great is he only has, like, one line, but his character's name is Mitch. His W.R. Brown is the actor's name. Okay. He was one of, he's one of Leo's lackeys. He has his, like, one line on the roof of the one place while they're casing the bank. Sure. He was on the FBI's most wanted list until 2015, apparently. Oh, my God. grand larceny. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just, there's, like, nothing written about him online for the most part because he wasn't hiding while they're shooting this fucking movie. Oh my god, guys. It's so great. It just puts me in such a mind of um, uh, to live and die in LA. That's exactly it's all the what exact I'm thinking of. Yeah. 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 Being like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <Go> <laughs> FBI listen. baby's going to cry. <laughs> oh. Bet you didn't think of this. <laughs> so uh, go listen to our episode on to live and die in LA. <laughs> you are really banging them out today. <laughs> we got the back catalog. We're going to plug it, damn it. <laughs> Well, I know one of the reasons that that's specific to this movie's work, Michael Mann was like, okay, we have to make it, we have to train people enough and have the real enough things that you can see the confidence of they know what they're doing on their faces yes. while they're doing it. Well, this is a movie about people being good at their jobs, yeah. right? Not the cops, but everybody else. <laughs> 
and just like yeah you gotta have that that comfort and yeah. that ease for it to really land and boy it, it lands speaking of which like going right into the movie so the first scene is like 15 minutes no dialogue we're just watching a heist so this is the yeah. one of the last things that they shot and mm. like for this and the other heist thing they literally are just they're real safes they <laughs> i think the second one isn't even a set i think they went, went to where the safe was installed and broke into it right just for like the realism of it sure so this scene with frank Conn at the opening robbing the safe with this enormous drill which apparently was 230 pounds or something like that he's struggling yeah yeah understandably yeah um that is that is frank Conn breaking into a safe they bought a safe james that Conn. was locked <laughs> come on god i'll never get it right <laughs> that's yeah that's james Conn. they brought a safe to him nice. no one could open it it was okay. locked and they're like break into it we'll just film it all right. And give me a giant drill and yeah. I'll do it. And John Santucci is standing there being like, yeah, you take the drill. This is what you do. And and then when you drill in and open it, it's open and we're done. They didn't know there was a second door inside. Oh. So when they open it up and he looks around for a couple of seconds and grabs like a hammer and chisel and starts knocking yeah. hinges out. That was like, they just kept a camera on Khan while he was trying to figure out what to do. And that's where Michael Mann is like, that's such a great scene because... If it was just, like, fakey-fakey, that would have been like, okay, cut, let's figure out what to do next. But he had, Khan had such confidence, Khan, Khan. <laughs> that he was just like, I'll just keep breaking into the safe. Yeah, and he got did tools. It, Santucci, like, applauded him. Uh, it was just like, oh, wow. Gotta feel good. No yeah. wonder this is his favorite role. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Like, he has all these stories about his, his sister, like, had a safe that she couldn't get into, like, years later. He's like, oh, I know how to break into a safe. And just, <laughs> <Turns> like, <out. laughs> broke into her safe. This is what I mean when I'm like, it would just be so fun to be an actor where you learn to shoot arrows or you learn, yeah. you know, to speak Farsi. You're like, yeah, now I can just crack a safe for giggles because I did it in the 80s with fucking Michael Mann. Yeah, one additional detail that there's no way you know this unless you're a bank robber or you are like me and you go and do the research. Sure. While he's putting the drill in, you can see he's kind of like easing in and then lifting off pressure, easing and lifting off pressure because the way that... Uh, these safes are designed and there's a couple throwaway lines later on there's a copper weave behind the door Mm -hmm. because safe makers know this is how people break into these safes sure the copper weave is there for as soon as you get through this outer layer it will get caught in the drill spin it up ruin the drill and get the hole like the hole will be cut so you can't you're like you're stuck sure and this is a real safe they bought so they told Khan like this could happen so you know this is what a real safe cracker has to deal with. So good luck. Watch out. So like he's literally you're you're like feeling for where you're where the up. pressure is gonna give. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as soon yeah. as that pressure gives, you have to like go down right away. Otherwise, yeah. you're gonna ruin your. You're gonna rip attempt. out this. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> God, I I get why people love these movies so much. <laughs> Fucking rad. But and this is the thing, right? This is the real crux of why they're cool is they went to this effort of like no in real life there's this struggle of like we have to make these like be creative enough to design safes that can't be cracked and then the robbers are have to design methods that are creative enough to get around these precautions i'm like that's such an interesting like cool little battle and yeah it's little a, arms race happening yeah. in this little corner of society <laughs> that's so cool all right good for him yeah. And of course, you have the music of Tangerine Dream taking us through that, yeah. that opening. This is the most... To live and die in L.A., mm-hmm. the, the music was a little much for me the first time we watched it. I was like, I really can't 
I can't latch onto this because this is too 80s for me. But that was Wang Chung. That's even more. Oh, yeah, 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 true. No, but, but like the, the yeah, same type the of vibe, right? Thing. This, yeah. I think, fits perfectly where maybe maybe it's just like this is what you might hear today in a, a heist movie. But it, it's yeah. the perfect mix of like low key and, and it works under the scene. Yeah. But it, it really contributes to the stress. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And like there's a lot of. Michael Mann was like, I was just going to do a blues score at first because that's very Chicago-y and like, totally. there's a blues band in there. And yes, he managed to fit some in. And he said one of the reasons he took it out was because there's a lot of, at the time, there's a lot of politics over the racial divide oh. of blues stuff. He's like, I, that isn't what this movie is about. Right. So it makes sense to remove it as like one layer of what's going on. And he also wanted something unique sounding and, and all this and something very cold and emotionless sure. to match our... Yeah, our Frank. Our friend. <laughs> um, but one thing that I thought was really cute is like there's various kinds of music that happens in here, but there's a lot of atmospheric portions that are just like synth patches layered up in different volumes yeah. and stuff. Michael, the uh, Tangerine Dream, like showed him how to like manipulate the sliders and what goes to what patch for a lot of that, and Tim doing the mixing oh. and all of them. <laughs> nice. Just, He's directing yeah. what the music. <laughs> Very cute. That's real cool. A collab. Oh, it works yeah. both ways. You know, he knows how to produce electronic music. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's learning his... I mean, it's not <laughs> as cool train. as cracking a safe. But it's, it's not, but it is pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah shout out this soundtrack big time. Yeah. It's funny, because it's been a while since we watched it, and I didn't remember much of it at all, but it is really... Yeah, it's really quite powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, There's only a couple times that you're like, ah, oh, there's some 80s synth cheesiness. <laughs> yeah. I know that drum, that drum patch from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. We met before in a well-lit back alley. <laughs> in the rain <laughs> i i do love this opening because everything is just so squeezed up mm. like all of the shots are just the buildings like looming and oh, you yeah. only get this one sliver of like the alley and they're trying to maneuver like all of these people just living in these little tiny cracks of <laughs> of like the the city right and kind of but like i don't know the way that a dandelion will bloom in in the middle of a cracked sidewalk mm -hmm. it's just like there is someone is going to find a way to make this work for them you know what i mean That's it sucks that they have to but but they're going to but they're going to that is some very nice imagery thank you oh yeah. you're so welcome uh, it really struck me this time cuz i was like why is everything so narrow oh okay yeah you're doing a we're putting a like frank's a rat in a box kind of thing yeah. he's got to find his way through the maze <laughs> a of chicago a rat in a box <laughs> Maze, that's what I wanted to say. Say what you want about America. <laughs> it's a rat in a box. <laughs> gonna go with it, still gets you a hell of a lot of mice, but that works too. <laughs> we are off topic. Are we? Really? I know. No. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's funny, like, so, yeah. here's where I don't know the, the 80s film industry well enough, but apparently there's all this stuff about how... Um, Man was much more collaborative with like the cinematographers and the lighters mm, and all that nice. than normal to like develop a look as opposed to before it would be like okay I'll call in this guy who shoots a certain way and he'll just do it that You're way. Stable. Yeah. Uh, so this was much more of a, like oh let's figure out how to evoke these specific things that I the director want to have happen. I that must be it's your first feature, right? Maybe mm. you you don't feel as confident calling those shots and you want other people to have input so that you know you're not do you oh, know no, what I mean? But this this was like him like man calling the shots to be like and we'll light like this with this lens and Oh, I see. So what it you was mean. Okay. I like more collaborative than that, but it was sure, sure. more of a like I want to achieve this and this is the feeling. How do you think best? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which apparently he like spent his youth going around Chicago photographing bridges and and oh. that was like his big 
visual acuity build up was all this photo- photographic stuff. So. Photographer. Yeah. Is he from Chicago? Yeah. Oh. And if you listen to a lot of interviews with him this week, if when you hear him talk, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a Chicago. This guy is from Chicago this as hell. Fucker is from Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> anyway, about this uh, this movie here. So if, go and yes. see Thief if you haven't. If, I feel like we've talked enough yep. up at this point that you should have watched it. So we'll talk about some <laughs> of the plot that happens here. Yes. Frank's a jewel thief. Um, Very specifically, only a jewel thief. Yep. Again, this little niche of like, he's not too big for his britches. He knows his lane. He knows his lane and he's like decided, capital yes. D. There's yeah. all this stuff about Cotton being like, I decided I would not speak in contractions because this is a guy who makes a decision. And it's like, now I will not lose any time about it. I will not risk anybody misunderstanding me. Mm. So I will speak in slow measured statements that I never have to repeat myself just like it's a lot of just like <laughs> yeah there's a lot of repeating what the other person said and then responding directly to it <laughs> <laughs> yep he's a guy who's made up his mind yes very much he's got his chicago fronts the green mill is his bar and he's got his used car shop right we learn in short order that he's a uh, been stuck in jail for a while he just got out and he's got his little like dream board collage that he keeps on him which is such a like to your point of like emotionally closed off guy but like there's so much emotion in this tiny little piece of paper my god like just because you can picture him sitting there in jail cutting like cutting out pictures of like he's got a picture of his prison dad essentially willie nelson who is magnificent in this i had no fucking idea in his one scene yeah and it's like Like, it's so literally one scene and just like these the you believe every single second of the 11 years these guys spent together in jail mm-hmm. I- incredible just like yeah yeah you just picture frank sitting here cutting out pictures of like this speaks to me i'm gonna put this on my dream board and like this is the life i'm gonna build for myself yeah. when i get out i man has a lot to say about just like prison etiquette and prisoner stuff mm. we'll get into after we talk about a lot of the plot that's like really interesting on how he cobbled together this character of Frank but it feels so my problem with a lot of these the, a lot of crime movies generally is that it's so archetypy right sure. and it's just like okay it's this archetype and there's no actual character behind it I feel like this is a personal thing but no I, I think it's it's easy to make these kinds of movies where just like what would look cool film that yeah but this is a real character first kind of thing and then yeah. the plot I don't know how it, was, how it was written but it feels as though here's a character I want to make a movie about him this is where the plot would go if this character was in it. Yeah. As opposed to, I'll write a plot, and then it's this archetype, and yeah. he, then I'll we'll characterize in this beat, way. this beat, this yeah. beat, yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess my note is, great writing, Michael Mann. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we are just here to stroke your ego. Yep. There we go. <laughs> he sets up a nice date with Jesse, who's a cashier at what appears to be his favorite diner, diner he goes to to meet his fence, yeah. where he offloads those diamonds that were in the opening heist. Uh, and here's where, like, I know the first time around I had trouble tracking this because it's really i'm just gonna be real pretentious for a second it feels like altman-esque dialogue where it's like i the filmmaker's like i don't care if you hear it i'm just writing what i want to feel like the realism of what it would be yes (laughs) between the aggressive chicago accent the fact that they're trying not to be heard like they're trying to keep Mm. their voices down there's a lot of like okay i think i get the vibe okay all right (laughs) just enough slang to throw you off a little bit the slang yeah for sure Fence's name is fucking Joey Gags. Joey Gags. Joe Gags. It took me a while to realize that was not being used as a verb. Like that, (laughs) it really took me a while to get into the groove. Uh, But so he offloads his diamonds. Frank's going to pick up his money later. 
but then gags very get, trusting. Yeah, well, this is one of those me. things of like they it's clearly the have this really deep relationship sure. at this point. They yeah. like they can trust each other. It's so nice to see. <laughs> Honor among thieves, yeah. as it turns out. It turns yes. out, yeah. <laughs> Jim Belushi saw Joey Gags get murdered. He knows where the money got taken, which is to this uh, plating business front, like a front. Yeah. yeah. Do you think so? I the first couple times I watched it, I was under the impression that Joey killed himself. That's the implication, but it's my like that's the way that like it gets reported initially. Oh, okay. Is that oh he walked out of you know he threw, threw himself, himself out, out of a window, window. and okay. I feel like if this was less of a Michael Mann movie, there would be like some line about like if this was a cop movie, it would be. But that glass is like six meters thick or right, whatever. Yeah. There's no way a guy could throw himself through it. Uh, <laughs> he pulled a Toronto lawyer guy. <laughs> that is the most specific reference. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Dude, for anyone, yeah. for anyone who's not uh, from not Toronto, the two of us. Yeah, <laughs> people know about it. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, they're um, about to. Yeah, the there. Oh, I think this was back in the '90s, but there's a building in Toronto, in downtown Toronto, where. Um, What's his name? Gary Hoy. Oh, it was in, yeah, 1993. So this idiot was in one of these in the TD Center. Sorry. Yes. But you should have known. Oh, my God. He loved to throw himself. This was like a brand new constructed building at the time, I guess, Mm. or like a recently renovated whatever. Um, He loved to freak out like articling, you know, law students by throwing himself at the window of the like on the 25th floor of this downtown building yep. to prove that the windows the the glass was unbreakable. Yeah. And it like it is unbreakable. It it has never broken. The unfortunate part about this particular day was that he threw himself at the window so hard that the pane stayed intact. The frame of the window fully popped out. After pressure of someone throwing themselves against it for years. <laughs> yeah. Built and, up. And he fell to his death. Yeah. And so that's how this fucking party trick ended this day, which is just such a like, oh, the monkey's paw. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, nope, this window will never break. But like in a dark comedy, their cops are all standing around like, but the glass didn't break. Like mm-hmm. it's just fully painted on the ground. Like he's on lying on the yep. floor with a full intact pane of glass underneath him or something. Anyway, Toronto lawyer guy window. Yes. Yes. Um, what were we talking about? Joey Gags. <laughs> right? yes, suicide, sorry. but also he, murder. He, he didn't do a Toronto lawyer window. Yeah. Uh, he was murdered by Ataglia, who's this guy, or Italia? I don't, don't know my... Chicago pronunciation. Pronunciation. Um, yeah, he took the money back, apparently, so we just have a... So this is consolidating, we think, right? Yes, yes. Oh, no, exactly. Joey had an accident. Guess this is my money now. Yeah, because okay. Joey is the fence for these guys. Yes, gotcha. As we come to learn. Like, oh, we don't need Joe anymore. Yeah, and I tell you, he's the most a person can look like Dennis Franz to me without being Dennis Franz. I just need to, like... <laughs> give word to that it's a dennis franz head type on yeah a non-dennis franz body it's very funny all right uh but all this eventually leads to frank meets uh robert prosky as leo which is mm-hmm. like it's a great I, meeting i don't know how well you're familiar with robert prosky's work but in my mind he is always like a kindly old man right so yeah, this is a that real kind of face a real betrayal to me seeing him here. <laughs> this hurts you emotionally. Like he, the way he's shot and everything, like there's there's this opening where he's just in shadow. He's a shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. There's later on where um, Frank is visiting him in the Green Mill Bar, and he's 
like Frank is always in light and Leo is always in shadow, really heavily shadowed, but like Yeah. Like a like a campfire ghost story, yeah. you know, level of, of underlighting and stuff. And later on Frank's on the ground camera's pointing up at Leo and there's all this smoke in the background where it literally feels like you're talking to the devil. Like, yep. It's, it's wild. I love his every scene with him is perfection. It's absolutely perfect. He's great. Yeah. You really believe him as a like He's developed this, he offers Frank a steady job, essentially, yeah. like, I know that you're a, you know, a freelancer, work for us, we'll we'll do this prep work for you, you'll never have to case a joint, mm. you'll never have to figure out if the amount that you think is in there is, at, like, when we point you at a score, you know it's a good score, um... All that you'll get, all your materials, whatever, whatever. And he says the bad employer thing all the time. Like, I take care of my people. Yeah, it's we're like a, a family. family. <laughs> if anyone ever says that to you, they are going to screw you in the very near future as soon I, as they can. People like who say that, I don't think they realize how many people hate their family. <laughs> yeah. We need to pick a better thing to compare these two because... Like, it's not a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're really gambling on whether someone has a good experience. Yeah. Yeah, but he, you really, the, it's it's such a, like, you believe that he, he has developed this pitch over time, this yeah, sales absolutely. pitch. It's clearly a sales pitch, but you do see the logic in it of, like, mm. yeah, it would benefit both of us, and, like, I'm worth something as the contractor, so, like, they can't do it without me, yeah. so they have to keep me happy, is the gamble <laughs> that he's taking here. Yep, which has never worked has out never for Has never, ever worked out, yeah. It's funny, so, like, Leo, the character of Leo, I didn't look too far into this, because huge, huge hole, but he is based on two Chicago gangsters. Mm, okay. So it's very much, like, I think that he kind of comes through with the best of are the most interesting parts of those characters, and that's why he is so fully formed as this, like, mm. like you say, the you can see he has the sales pitch worked out to what questions are they going to ask. Yeah. He's got answers ready to go without blinking. Yeah, he's, he's got this, the experience. Yeah, and, like, the the implied hierarchy of his whole setup is all right there immediately. It's yeah. great. I love it. And I, part of it, you're seeing it from... You meet the fence, who kind of gives a hint, like, "Oh, the, my employer wants they to meet you." They want to meet you. Frank's like, "No." Yeah. Uh, so you see, like, the bottom what floor. What does Frank say? If I want to meet people, I'll go to a fucking country club. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Hell yeah! <laughs> There's so much that Frank says in this that I'm like, oh, I wish Iconic. I could have said this yeah. <laughs> to various bosses in my career. Um, but yeah, so you see that, and then you see Italia, who's the like medium management, middle management goon, and you see the front that he has to go through. So you, yeah firsthand get exposed to every level of this operation before we even know it's an operation which is such a great kind of yeah establishing thing i love it yeah it really puts you in the like there's no way that you can know all these strings being pulled that's yeah. just not how the setup works so it's it's understandable that frank would walk into this yeah yeah and it's only i feel like it's only really on a second viewing that you can see th those layers like mm -hmm. a, the first time around you're just keeping up with the the crime plot and whatever so yeah yeah it's no, great that's true. i love that uh, this is also where we see the cops are watching Leo's and they're immediately on Frank because of that. Yeah. Right oh, here. who's this? Yeah. <laughs> I love the cops hanging out in <laughs> like a, like a building far enough away that they yeah. can, can't be seen, but they can hear what's going on. She's like, 
wait, who's this guy? Just like the cops are just baffled all the time. Yeah. All they can do is just like react with violence and yelling because they have no fucking idea what's going on. Oh man, oh, I wish I remembered, but Jim Belushi has like a gun trained on Leo. He's like camped out on a billboard. What does that billboard say? It's like, let's have fun or time for fun. I think it's time for fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a Such giant a like it's shot. ad for Coca-Cola or something. It's very good. <laughs> Then, then that leads into the the great diner scene that we were already talking up mm-hmm. a bunch. Frank is two hours late to his date. Oh no! He kind of treats Jesse like shit for a little bit, and then they connect a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this concerns me that like for any all anyone knows, they witnessed a kidnapping outside that bar where Jesse's screaming, "No, I don't want to go!" and Frank shoves her into a car and Twice. drives off. Yeah, which is <laughs> like, um, okay. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. <laughs> When is he's just yell? They're fighting in the car. Like, what? I you think I have nothing better to do than wait around for you? And he's like, I, I'm here, aren't I? I came. I was busy. Look, let's just get this fucking great romance on the road already. Just like, I love I'm you, here. and I'm You're sick here. of fighting with you about this. Yeah, it's very good. It's really like there's a weird line walk here. So a little behind the scenes stuff is. Mm. It was initially written that the first scene where Frank and Jesse are together and Frank's like, I'll pick you up at eight. That was supposed to be them meeting for the first time. I wondered. It's kind of got that, like, I've been eyeing this waitress feel to it. But then in the diner scene, we learned that, like, they've been talking to each other for six months. And this is just, like, it's escalated their relationship. Right. So I think that was, like, someone gave a good note of, like, you know, this makes uh, Frank seem like an enormous piece of shit, right? That he's kidnapping a woman he doesn't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, okay. But cut in such a way that it's like oh okay yeah there's an implied relationship i just yes no for sure i think it's like pretty heavily implied that he left his wife yeah um not for her but like that that it was serious enough that he was like i can't you know keep these both going agreed yeah yeah Yeah, so all like everything i feel like of all the scenes in thief that's the one that gets talked about the most as like Mm -hmm. really painting a picture of this character and like I remember it as mostly Frank talking, but Tuesday's in there, absolutely given her backstory too. It's great. Yeah, it's a very like she was she was married to like a drug mule or something, right? Where yeah. they they both just like casually, you know, and this is how you talk about this stuff in in like understanding company is is. Mm. Talk about your your traumas and the yeah. shit that's happened to you in very just like stuff happened yeah. that's that's almost i think what how they say it both times like both of them have been sexually assaulted and it's yeah, it's just a, like yeah. they both understand like you know what how how you're gonna come back from that and just like look please meet me where i am because mm. you know I'm, yeah. I'm not an i'm not an idiot and i just want to be a person and like they're they're both so like stubborn and strong people and and just to be like we're moving on from this like this well, is part of us now let's like heal it together yeah you know? i think it goes it's the same thing as let's get this great romance underway it's yeah. all initiated by frank but she, like she plays along of we're getting this underway here's all the bad stuff done next now we love each other move in yeah. get married like <laughs> it, it's such a like yeah. here's everything yeah which is you like I, it, again, so long since I've watched it previously, I forget how much of a struggle she has with what she's being told. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, like, such a small window performance thing of, like, just this couple of seconds, but it's so, yeah. like, the struggle is real for her. <laughs> yeah. It's really, 
yeah, very, very nice. Nice, not nice to see, but like it, it's, it's. It's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is. Just, he's, he's breaking the news to her, right? He goes to visit Willie Nelson in prison. He's like, I have a dilemma. Like, do I tell this woman mm. whom I'm like thinking of becoming serious with what I do for real? And, and she's just like, yeah. Like, she she completely blows past it. So I think that opens up, like, he was expecting it to be a struggle for her to get through that. She just blows past it. And he's like, oh, a new level now where we're just, like, open with each other. And I think that's just, like, so different for him and, and, like, new and exciting. He basically rocks up to that payphone and is like, let's do this. Like, he calls Leo and he's like, I'm in. Like, I got to finance this new New life, life. right? I want to say an intensely nerdy thing. That exact, like, right after the diner scene is, it cuts to, Frank walks up to a payphone, calls Leo, I'm in. The Tangerine Dream soundtrack, again, is just this very, like, atmospheric, but it's in C, just, like, Mm. generally open in the key of C, and a car, this can't be intentional, but I just love that it happened, a car drives by him on the highway, and the Doppler effect turns it from an E natural into an E minor, so the second he says, like, I'm in, it goes to a minor key, functionally, like, the soundscape of that scene. I think that may be on purpose, because... Really? Uh, thing I know about the diner scene is that w- the diner scene and any of the street scenes is that all of the street noise was added afterward uh. <laughs> as, as like they okay. just like okay, walked around with a microphone is. because uh, it was found my man found this problem in the diner scene he was like it's completely silent and mm. it's just two people talking and it does not feel real so let's mm. get a bunch of auxiliary noise have yeah. it match what's happening in the background as much as possible Okay, and so like Maybe it's not like, ooh, let's manufacture this to go from E major or like a, an E to an E flat. It might not be that. It might just be right. being like, this sounds really foreboding. Sure, sure, so. yeah. You're on. I like that a lot. I so. did not pick up on that. That's great. I think this is where, like, the second he says yes to Leo is, like, the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah. So we go through him getting this big heist, this huge job that they undertake, there's so many pieces to it. Holy cow. But it makes, it's great because it's one of those issues where as soon as you stop and think about it, of course it would take this much time. Oh, going, of course. Going no, back no. to what you're saying, like all the vault people are doing is trying to outsmart thieves and all the thieves are trying to outsmart vault people. Yeah. And it takes like, you got to get specialists. You got your fucking ironworks yep. guy here with a magnesium rod to burn through yeah. stuff like this. <laughs> and like a guy who has clearly been doing this for a while because Frank makes a call from his office mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, is the phone clear? And the guy's like, yeah, I sweep it for bugs once a week. <laughs> like, this is their life, right? Yeah. This is, there's, yeah, this is how they live their life is assuming that they're going to be, someone's going to come down on them for it. Yeah. Anyway. No, yeah. I, like, all the moving parts of, like, Belushi's out there learning about the fifth alarm that they got to break. It's just, yeah. it's such a, in... Another movie in an Ocean's Eleven or something like that. This would be the focal point, but it's great that it's just like the second act of this movie is just this enormous, enormous heist. Yeah, the job. Should be the huge climax that almost when you get to it, it's like, let's just do this thing. Like, we just got to get through. (laughs) Just get through it. And I love how... Again, this is the point of it, but like how real it feels of like Very. everything is so heavy. Everything is so hard to <laughs> this move This is through. a sweaty movie. Yeah. Yes. And like they legit 
like I said, this is all real this stuff. They real had the equipment. magnesium rod that they lit on fire. That's oh, eight thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Sounds so dangerous. Oh my god, yeah. And they're like just hearing people talk about it, like, yeah, it sucked. And, like, there's no particulars <laughs> that like. And this thing was really challenging. Like, no, it was very hard. No, that's the end of the story about yeah. this scene. <laughs> And I know that, like, a common, you know, oh, it, it's so much more work to be a criminal than it just is to get an honest job is a real, like, have you thought about why that might be? It's mm. maybe not as easy to get and maintain an honest, quote-unquote, job as you think it is. Makes you think, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is it maybe more rewarding to do these sort of creative problem-solving than it would ever be in a... I digress. <laughs> Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so you're so proud of them. Like you're rooting for them so hard to, oh, yeah. to like solve these problems and and get in there, and they sure do. And I just want to toss out that that magnesium rod in thief speak is called the oxy lance. It is nice, a legit piece of thieving equipment. That, oh really? Oh yeah, that yeah. exists so far. Like this is okay. this is a heist that John Santucci did. This is that right? Yeah. You said you said okay. <laughs> just just like fuck holy me. shit. Okay, <laughs> and the thing the thing that they always talk about with it, everybody that talked about it in depth was like the biggest problem is it is the heaviest goddamn thing in the world, and you I just mean, have to hold it up for hours yeah like, there's two guys on it for for a while they're you like literally you put it down and it melts through the floor right like, it oh, will melt everything it comes into contact with so yeah, that that's, that's the, the challenge point. which is such a funny like you gotta also be an athlete to do I've this i've heard the floor is lava but <laughs> no 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 the floor is lava you don't get it <laughs> i love frank's attitude here because it's not he's not taking unnecessary risks for sure like mm. that's not what he's about but he's talking about to to his metalworks guy like I have to design this thing like I don't want to just you know blow open the the latch like I want to carve a new door and walk yeah. in and I think that's him just being like yeah I could be like I could step up and I could I could outgrow this life that I already have and, well it's he sets know. it up as like we're just doing one final job yeah. so like I can have sore arms for a month I mean totally right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he's taking pride in this job. He wants to go out as like, fuck, he really did it, you know? Yeah, and everything's going great for him. He's went, And it they, works perfectly. Yeah. They tried to go and adopt a baby and that didn't work out. Fantastic scene. Love yes, that. Uh, right. Another little like spotlight into him being a state-raised orphan. So like... Yes. I love Khan talks about this scene a lot where it's like he doesn't he feels like it doesn't get as much attention as a lot of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I am I love what he has to say about it. About he is there. He, it's yes, I want a family and all that. That's very clear what he wants. Yeah. But in his mind, he is rescuing somebody from his life. Right. Like, he's bringing people up behind him instead yeah. of yeah. Like like I got mine. No no, he's not about that. Yeah, he wants to get somebody out. He wants to save his younger self and set him up in a way that he mm. had never get gotten to experience in his. Yeah, Life. I I guess I I kind of not gl glossed over that scene, but yeah, I, it didn't really hit me as this is he knows exactly what it's like to be you know to live in what does he call it one of these like four by four green rooms like yeah. no kid wants to be there yeah yeah and like really you'd rather keep them in a, a jail essentially than give them to someone who used to be in actual jail like yeah it's a very what is he <laughs> what did he grow up in the, the suburbs yeah right mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> The woman's like, yes, I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, then it turns into that very dark scene where Leo was like, so I heard you had trouble adopting. Like, oh you want God. a baby? I'll get you I a, baby. a baby. I got a, I got a couple ladies. What flavor you want? Yeah. Oh, my God. Real dark. That, that's oh. a real peek behind the curtain of like, 
run run away, Frank. Don't. <laughs> you want to be in business with this fucking guy? But yeah. I think that he's got dollar signs for I eyes, mean, so he, he can't. That's right. Yeah. And suddenly, like his dream board is within reach. Like, well, okay, I can I can cut some corners. Yeah. I can like turn a blind eye to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm dooming. Like, if I keep feeding this machine. It's turning out more kids who have to be raised, but like you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Yeah, biofrenariums and stuff. You like can you justify are justify that to yourself. Yes, it's like well, I went through so much stuff. I deserve, you mm. know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Frank, come on! Frank, no! Come on, man! We're supporting you. Uh, yeah, but I think it it is exactly that. It, everything is just within reach. It's just like yes. okay, we've just got a band aid. Get through this bit and then we'll go to a nice beach vacation as they do yeah. <laughs> uh Which i would do yep. is that for like till you know the heat dies down a little bit i think so okay. that, that's how i take it yeah. sure or, or literally we got a little r and r yeah <laughs> we deserve it <laughs> my arms hurt and they also think they're about to get uh like several hundred thousand dollars so and, yeah true yeah uh, but Frank arrives back and finds out that he's only going to get seventy thousand dollars, not eight hundred and fifty or whatever the initial mm-hmm. agreement is going to be, so... because uh, Leo took all of his money and invested them in shopping centers. But it's okay because Frank is now a partner in his investment uh... that he didn't fucking ask for. <laughs> Barf. Which is all stuff that yeah he had rejected out of hand all the stuff and it's a real like no but i know but i'll take care of you i take care of my people mm-hmm. i'm you. doing what's good for you <laughs> so we get the there are so many like praxisy verisimilitude yes hell yes dude lines of yield talking about the yield of his labor that's being taken advantage of mm-hmm. got my labor union right here that's a good shit like oh yeah you're so concerned about like getting your value for labor join a labor union and he stands up and he sort of pulls back his his coat I'm wearing it. i am wearing it oh yeah like, Woof. no contraction you're right i am wearing it yeah yes. yeah god he really doesn't yeah. There, there is one scene really late that he piles on like five contractions in a row and it oh, is really? like, oh, he is getting emotional. It's the first uh, time you're like, okay. oh, he's losing his cool. And it's it's toward <laughs> the end of that scene. I see. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, okay, give me the money in 24 hours. Fuck you, I'm leaving. And we yeah. get... Ultimatum. Yeah. And uh, unbeknownst to Frank, James Belushi has been taken captive at the car lot. No. And we get the uh, the ambush where Barry gets absolutely obliterated. Like, that's a real... Yeah. There has been no real active violence in this movie until this. Like, there's been threats. Yeah, no, that's true. But I don't think there's any, been anything on screen, right? No, because it's if they get caught they've fucked up right this yeah. is this is the point like it's it's just been pointing guns at people's faces and even like when he goes to threaten the the fence or the guy above the fence real yeah, early on his hands are shaking holding that gun at him <sighs> like he's not used to out like he's not used to having to defend like to to go after his yeah. his part of the you know the share yeah this is this is new to him oh i guess the cops rough him up that's the only violence we've seen so far <laughs> that's funny the cops yeah. roughing someone up is the first bit of violence in this criminal movie <laughs> in this movie about robbers mm-hmm. and we get the this is where the leo as the devil with all the smoke the, yeah. like one of the most chilling short oh. bits like he has been such a smiley smiley little friend and this is but it's uh, so clearly a mask in a way that i can't really articulate but oh my god the the threats that he uh, towards his wife and Mm. his home and his friends and like it's just like wow you were 
really waiting for your chance to tell this guy how much you yeah. fucking despise him. Yeah. Is it's really like really violently chilling. Yeah. I just want to note as well that uh, the difference between what he was promised and what he got, he actually, in, in like now dollars. Mm, adjusted for inflation. Yes. He got 200 grand. That's what they gave him from this huge good. heist. Pretty good. It would have been a million and a half. <laughs> That's what he was promised. So, you know. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Right to be mad about yeah. it. Yeah. That's wage theft. <laughs> I guess in a way it is. Yeah. Yes. They had a contract. Verbal contracts are enforceable. So. Oh. Did you know that wage theft is the most common form of theft in the yep. United States? I did know that. But by, by, like, orders of magnitude. I think all other forms of theft combined are only, like, t- a tenth of it or something like that. It's pretty shocking. So, yeah. Anyway, fun fact. Mention, just casually drop it in your conversations with management. Uh, <laughs> see how they react. <laughs> Pretend you have a gun. No, this is all bad advice. This is all bad advice. <laughs> no, too far, too far. Step back. <laughs> Parody. <laughs> Edutainment. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Belushi is gone, and... I think this is the last conversation that occurs in the movie. Mm, Khan yeah. kicks Tuesday out. And it's like, marriage over. Yeah. <laughs> Annulled. Yeah. We're breaking, now. What does she say? Like, we're breaking it down and putting it back in the box. Yeah. Like, yeah. how can you do this? And it's, yeah. there's so much of, I love how mechanical Frank is. Mm-hmm. And you can see how much he despises having to do some of this. Yeah. There's a lot of self-loathing in this, like, yeah. last third act. And I'm sure a lot of it comes from, like, how could I have been so fucking stupid? Yeah, he's mad at himself. Yeah, I think that 100%. is really clear. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. And he's just, like, he's so ashamed that she now is a casualty of, of this. Like, she tried to build something with him. And yep. now he has to be the one to be like, no, fuck this. Get out of my life. For, for your own safety. Yeah. But he, you know. And he... Gets his, like, his getaway driver is just, like, take her away and take care of her. He's like, wonder what happened to them. Yeah, I wonder. (laughs) Thief 2, lost in New York. (laughs) The Panama years. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like, I think that's the last dialogue. And from there, it's just James Caan burning down his life. (laughs) Yeah, Leo asks uh, the guy if he wants some milk. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's it. Who could forget? <laughs> hey, we do get a home invasion. There you oh, go. Oh, that's true. We get Ultimately, one home invasion. The one home invasion, yep. Because yep. <laughs> he said he would not do this shit because... Look what you made me do. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he has to go there is... He, it means something has gone wrong somewhere. Yep. yep. And, like, these, it's so over the top, but I do love it. The, like, the synth patches, like, going wild, and yeah. he's burning down his car lot, and he crumples up his collage and throws it down. Yeah. Like, it could be... If not for how fucking solid Frank is as a character, this could be like a so saccharine so over the cheesy. top. Yeah. Bullshit, but ah, it's so good. No, but you know this is exactly how he would react. Oh yeah. Oh, I think we forgot to mention too, he got his buddy out of out of jail. Oh, like he you know, he bribed a judge with this new money. But yeah. um the reason he wanted to get him out was because he had a heart condition and he basically just like had a massive heart attack. On the steps of the courthouse as he got out. But yeah. but he did, like, he didn't want to die in jail. That was his one thing. And, and it's very sweet that, yeah, and I keep, I feel like I do this a lot. Like, in a lesser movie, it would be like, <laughs> oh, and I never got to say goodbye or whatever. But no, Willie Nelson, like, he, he, does. he gets to say thank you. Yeah. And that's the, like, 
That's it the is. end of their Oh, I didn't mention that too, but the doctor here giving the lines. There was originally dialogue here, and Khan was just like, no, what Frank would do is Shut say down. nothing and leave. Yeah. And the doctor, the guy playing the doctor was apparently very scared. Oh, and he like, looks like it. <laughs> everything he's saying is improvised. He's like, I, do I fill time? What do I do? Yeah. Like, are we still rolling? Are we still rolling? <laughs> uh, do they need other takes of like, do do you need to sit down? Do you want to check? It is a very, like, you can tell the doctor has given this this speech before, but now Frank is not reacting the same way that other people do. Mm. And so he's just like... Like a robot. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, should I... Do you need something? Like, he has to... Do you want to sit down? You know? Mm. It, he has to genuinely see how Frank is instead yeah. of just like, here's your news. The door is that way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, ultimately, Frank burns it all down and wanders into the night. Yep. Yep. He does manage to kill everyone, which I love. Yep. Good for him. No stone unturned. Yep. Yep. I guess somewhere those women are still producing babies for... I mean, you can only do so much. I guess, yep. <laughs> it is a systemic issue, but I mean, yes. he has crippled the system. <laughs> he punished one guy. <laughs> Sometimes. That's that's Gotta enough. take the wins where you can get them. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and yeah, just... It, it ends with Frank, you know, walking away through this suburb where, where Leo lives and, and just like yeah, all of his life is just, I wonder where he went after yeah. this, you know? Do you take it as a hopeful ending or a hopeless oh, ending? I mean, I, neither really, just mm. as like Frank is good at the stuff he was doing before, which is just like shut down, survive, yeah. maintain. So I think he can go back to that easily, but I think it's just such a... You know, is it better to have loved and lost? Mm, do yeah, you think? like it feels very empty. Like, yeah. Even if he does accomplish that, he will never. He'll never have that like, same amount of like joy in his life again. Yeah, that like four month period or whatever. Yeah. 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 So neither, I guess. I very think good. Frank will be fine, but not good. You yeah. know what I mean? I think. Yeah, I agree with that. That yeah. feels like that feels like the only thing that could happen. Yeah. That or he gets arrested and goes to jail forever. <laughs> also that. He did kill a lot yeah, of guys. Yeah, I wonder what the cops make of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just yeah. an average Tuesday in Chicago. <laughs> Tuesday weld. <laughs> Not your average Tuesday. Do you think that was like her on her business card or? Probably. <laughs> Oh, uh, definitely. 100%. There is no room for error. Oh my god, alright. I was just reflecting on, like, I like that her name is a sentence. That's great. <laughs> uh, like, an interestingly constructed like, yeah, sentence. But... A caveman sentence. Yeah. Mm, Tuesday well. Tuesday well. <laughs> uh, so one thing I just wanted to mention about the way that man came up with Frank's character and, like, mm. wrote all that shit. Um, Which is what we're calling it. All that shit. Uh so the project that man had before this was a TV movie. Okay. So he's doing a real Spielberg duel to Jaws of he's doing a movie <laughs> yeah. called The Jericho Mile, okay. a TV movie. And it's about Sounds a prisoner uh, in Folsom State Prison who gets involved in the Olympics somehow. I Got think it's one of those like on a, based on a true story type of lifetime TV movies. Okay. But almost all of it takes place in Folsom Prison. Okay. So Michael Mann spent like months and months and months just on set talking to prisoners endlessly all day. Okay. So he had this like uh this thing in his mind of how the like the really mechanical way a lot of prisoners on the inside who were there for a long time mm -hmm. developed their life. And this is this is anecdotal, so by no means does this fit everybody's experience. Sure. But um, he talked a lot about how you're, a lot of prisoners saw 
their way through the system as either I am going to kill myself or I am going to learn the one thing that will keep me from not wanting to kill myself. Like, right. it's not philosophy. It's like academic. It's not a, a, an academic philosophy. It's a like real world philosophy. Okay. And that's why Frank has all these like these phrases that feel like they're out of a Marx book or a philosophy 101 book of like, I am recalling the yield of my labor. All of those types of right, phrases yeah. are things that he heard other prisoners talking about. Like, oh, okay, when I'm I on see. the outside, I will build my life this way and I will use the yield of my labor to do it because they've like, sure. their only choices were I will kill myself or I will go to a library and be like, right. to the librarian, show me something that will make me choose to elect to have a life outside right. afterward. Okay. Um, God, do you think they get a lot of requests that like that? And you just I, have to be like, well, sure, I have this for you. Yeah, literally the librarians that's, that's were like, people... these are the like 15 books we recommend. Oh, like, wow. Okay. That... What a grim fucking job. Oh my God, yeah. I can't. Uh... Typically a job that other prisoners are doing though. So like there are people sure. that have gone through this journey and yeah. know what to recommend to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... It was through these conversations with the Folsom prisoners that he's like, okay, if there was somebody that was in prison for 17 years for a, a thing that they don't that they don't have any control over, like Frank goes to jail for a $40 robbery, right? and then because he had to defend himself, he's there for 17 years. Yeah, right. So, like, he... Yeah, do you, like, someone stealing $40, do you think they have, like, that was to eat, right? Yeah. Like, you, you don't have, you're not hiring a lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. You were getting a public defender who is... Overburdened. Yeah, at best. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so you the end result is you have to locate the items that f- make you elect in to keep going. Okay. So this is what's... Okay, I will read these books. I've got down what I want once I'm on the outside. I'll put together this collage. And my only choice is to be a mechanical, unfeeling version of myself about it. Otherwise, it to was all there. for nothing. Right. All of prison was for nothing. Like, mm. that's... The, like, the intensity behind uh, all of the character here, it, it, that's what's yeah. coming to bear. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had to, like, yeah, you you have to wake up every day and be like, I have to get through today. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and to do that then for 11 years. And you have some, yeah, you have friends in prison, you also have enemies in prison, like, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know... Just, but the same thing day in and day out, and how, how do you, like, to be able to maintain that drive? Yeah. yeah, you'd have to sacrifice every other part of your personality, it feels like. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah. you, it all has to go into just this, in the face of an absolutely insane situation to be in, yeah. you know, how, how are you going to get through that? And you have to pour all your mental resources into, I will come out of this alive. I will come That's out of this it. alive and That's I will I be in control of what happens afterward. Right. Is the like, the, uh, anybody knows the feeling of like, oh, this is out of my control. But when you had that for 17 years, and I think he says at one point he's been out for four years, three years? Like yeah, that. he's been out for four, yeah. That like, he has just gotten, he's like, yes, I know the level of control I want in my life. And then it gets all taken away from him so quickly. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I think that's bad. yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's gonna revert back to like prison Frank is essentially of like mm. I am not going to expend any emotional energy on anything else because it's too dangerous. I can't spare it. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. yeah, wild shit. Absolutely. All right. God, it's so good. <laughs> it's it is a hell of a like I know we you know, character study, but it mm. really, really is. Yeah. Really is, and I think that's 
the like that's what makes the genre good it could just be a crime movie but it's it's yeah. where these characters thrive is this kind of genre right it's <laughs> it's a good space for them and i mean uh the reason i like doing a lot of research on this has forced me to like really crystallize why i like this so much more than i haven't seen a lot of other michael mann movies but sure. more than the other ones that i feel like others tend to enjoy more than thief and Michael Mann admits this in interviews that this is a like I don't know what you'd call this exactly but it's it's kind of like a message movie it's sure. it's a movie that is was made to show to people to make them kind of meditate on their biases or prejudices against convicts sure um yeah. to like rethink about like oh they're a human being too and this is how difficult their life would be and 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 that, like, he had a point in wanting to go in and show something. Right. Whereas he says he doesn't like doing that typically with his movies. <laughs> and so something like Heat or or uh, Collateral, those ones that are like, here's what it would look like if characters were put in this situation rather than I want to show why this character's situation is important. Sure. Is, is what makes this my favorite Michael Mann movie. I can see not wanting to do that kind of as a, not as a rule, but as yeah. like a, a preference of, it could easily swing into cheese. Absolutely. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, we know the message movies that do that. Those mm-hmm. are not... Silly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not exactly what you'd call realistic a lot of the time. No. Uh, yeah. And you need it for this. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's that's all my thoughts pretty much on this, on this movie. Uh, I would love to hear your final thoughts before we move on here yeah i mean it's it's a great like the realism grounds it so much that you can i i think we've talked about this before where like you don't need a piece of your brain doesn't constantly need to be sorting and analyzing of like is this something i should just suspend my disbelief for Mm. should i is this an important part of it should i it's all so grounded that you don't have to you can just trust that what whatever is happening the characters are expecting and are in control of or very obviously not in like you Mm. don't have to constantly be doing the work of of thinking, oh, would this really happen? Would that really happen? Do you you know what I mean? I'm sure there's a German word or something that sums (laughs) this all up. Ends in ism. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's so much... It's just a sandbox and you don't need to worry about what the sand is. Yeah. You can watch the characters do their thing. And... but, But conversely, like, the sandbox informs the character so much where it's like this is the world that frank like frank is this way because he's living in this type of situation Mm -hmm. where it's just he has such a narrow little path to walk and so he's he's dedicated himself to being amazing at it (laughs) and he's picked out a niche i only do jewels what was it jewels and cash um don't do home invasions i don't do this that the other thing like he's learned that there's no room for not just ambition but like there's no room for dreaming, like as as yeah. dramatic as that sound, but truly, well, like what dreams has he had that you can't romanticize yeah. this. this? No, is exactly. Just... And so his idea of a date is show up two hours late, take her out for a single black coffee, and trauma dump. Like that's you know <laughs> mutually yeah. trauma dump, and then have a kid. Like <laughs> so that's the, he he does this. Like let's get this show on the road. Like I I have a plan, and I cannot bring emotion or hopes into it because. I've learned that for some reason the world hates that I have hopes or dreams Hmm. and like the world does hate if like think about how we talk about prison and and convicts and like if 
Or, or poor people having a phone. Well, that's what I was going to say. It yeah. sounds like a lot of the... Oh, so you splurged on a phone? Like, this gets me jobs. Is that not what you... What do you fucking want from me? Do and you know what I mean? All like... the, like, the the orphanage scene stuff. Mm, like, it yeah. does make me think of, like, oh, this is this is a means-tested environment. And, like, this is... As hell. Yeah. Like, this is a man coming up against means tests in every single part of his life yeah <laughs> yet no exactly and and so it's not just the having to pass those tests but knowing that people are hoping you don't pass the test and that even if you do it won't change what anybody thinks about you yeah yeah it'll just be a technicality or it'll be a, a government program yeah. or whatever right and just knowing like what must that do to you to know every single day of your life that people would rather you suffer yeah. that's crazy that's wild but we see it everywhere and it's so baked in and like yeah. for him to be living that and to be one of the rare people who like has the mental fucking fortitude to get through it anyway is just like uh, bravo like i do <laughs> how are we allowing people to live like this yeah. you know what i mean so it's it's a rare like i don't know the character study is the environment and vice versa mm -hmm. and it's like you said it's clearly a message movie but in a way where you it's not preachy it's not message incoming at the end. No, it's it just all, is. It's all just show is. and not tell. It's Yeah. 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 So just this idea of like to live as a person the world hates is <laughs> is crazy. And he's such a likable guy and like, you know, that shouldn't matter. But I, I think it is just a funny example of like you can do everything right and you can be really charming and, and things will still go badly for you. The universe just doesn't want you to be happy and yep. just what what it means to live like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. <laughs> what about you? Big truths. Yeah. Uh, well, like to take that uh, a, like another step. I or I know this is kind of what you're saying too. I think hmm. the idea that you can take it. Yes, big character study and all that. Big specific environment that he's playing around in. Crime. Uh, <laughs> the crime. The environment. The crime environment. But that it maps so easily onto virtually anything else. Like hmm. you could you could take this. As like obviously it would be less exciting, but if it was like a contractor, literally a contractor sure. who's an ex-convict, it could be almost the exact same story. It, like if you want to involve the crime element, there is so much organized crime in construction, no matter where you live. Sure. Like he could be a straight and narrow guy interacting with crime because that's his only choice. You could just be living in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That the generalities of his scenario can get mapped onto so many other things. True. Like. True having his individual philosophy come into conflict with all of his labor stuff. This mm -hmm. is our Labor Day episode, after all. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, we're joking about it, but I legitimately do love what this has to say about how a freelancer interacts with clients and what that looks yeah. like and the assumptions made and... How risky it is every single every time and how it's crazy time. that that's the structure that we've just built our whole economy and on, apparently. everybody blames the contractor, yeah. no matter what, every time. This is the other thing. I'm sorry to interrupt your general thought, but, like, the, the idea that he has this very narrow path that he has to walk is because that's the only way he can actually be in control of what he does. Yeah. And, and stepping outside of that in any direction is what opens him up to risk like if he just wants to go live a normal life where he can tell his wife what he does for a living mm -hmm. he opens himself up to risk and like the the world is ready to fuck him over the second he steps out of his lane yeah that this is the other thing yes exactly sorry go ahead no that's okay because 
but it, it belies a certain experience that, that you're mm-hmm. saying that like either he knows enough people who have come into that experience or it's happened to him himself. Yeah. But like I know I've literally things that Leo says here, I have had managers say to me in yeah. past jobs. Like it's it's not it's not specific to his scenario. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um so I guess I my recommendation is to book a two hour HR meeting at your place of work and just show this movie and see how people react. <laughs> like honestly, if you've ever I ha- if you've ever had to chase someone down for a paycheck ever, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. This is just this on a bigger scale yeah. with guns. That's all it is. And I like, hope there's, that your situation doesn't have guns. God, I please listen. Yeah, but it, it is this just like. Well, if we make it annoying enough for them, they won't, you know, they yep. have so much other shit dragging them down that yep. they couldn't possibly come after us, which is why wage theft works so well. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm jumping all over your Oh, no, thoughts. I love it. It's great. You are much more articulate than me, than me when it comes to these things where I'm typically just like, yeah, that's good that they said that. <laughs> I liked I that. I liked that sentence. Thumbs up, man. Yeah. Other Chicago slang. I can't think of any because it's also funny. It is. I love it. Yeah. They're close enough to Canada that I feel like a lot of the stuff overlaps, but it is just oh, the accent. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Good shit. <laughs> well, uh, now is the time that we'll move right along and double bill this bad boy with uh, something else. So I would love for you to take us away. All right. If you'd please. I would please. The... I'm going to take it a silly direction. Oh, so yeah. this is obviously the the artier one where there's like, you know, storytelling through cinematography and it's mm-hmm. like about the character journey and, and the writing is so like perfectly woven in and all of this <laughs> stuff. I'm going to go not that direction, but still this type of thing. And I think the same type of story to be told, storytelling may vary, but I'm going to pair this with another movie about a guy who's just really good at this one fucking thing he does and has the experience that in the past, if he steps out of that lane at all, tries to form connections with other people or like, you know, help others, he's going to get his fingers stepped on for it. Um, I'm glad that I said fingers because the movie I'm going to pair it with is The Wolverine from 2013. (laughs) The James Mangold uh, uh, X-Men movie about Wolverine. <laughs> Which one? Is this the... No. It's the Wolverine in Japan. Wolverine in Japan, yeah. Okay. Right? Yes, yeah. Um, so all of the extremely goofy like comic book shit <laughs> aside, there was like a snake lady in it, but also a mech, like a, a samurai mech. I oh, don't yeah, remember, I remember the right? snake lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's about this guy <laughs> who, like the movie opened, you know, we all know Wolverine is a big loner guy and he... Very classically is like, I do one thing well, and it's... Stab with hand. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, um, fell trees. Oh, sure, yes, okay. What the hell am I trying to... Lumberjack? Yes, I lumberjack, lumberjack. well, yeah. Come on, we're going to lose our Canada credit. <laughs> so sorry. We're not like that up here. Yeah, so he, he, he has learned that any attempt to build community or, like, put himself on the line to help other people... often ends in like violent Mm. uh repercussions and so he just tries to keep to himself and and even the people that are like i'm here for you i'm your family are like kind of trying to fuck him over and you know just all of these things and so it's it's him the movie opens with him rescuing a guy at nagasaki i guess as the the a-bomb gets dropped which is a nuts opening for your wild opening for a yeah uh, (laughs) for your x-men movie movie, yeah Yeah. i feel like of all the franchises at least x-men is the one that has dealt with like some of the darker stuff in a, a way that doesn't 
make me wince. <laughs> but yeah, so he and but then because he did that, he gets dragged into all this bullshit and like, you know, but he it, it really is just, oh, I'm going to be alive forever. I have to find meaning in something mm. and I have to like reach out and, you know, as much as it hurts, I have to help other people yeah. and and make I have the tools to do it. I have to make the world a little safer for people who have been in my situation, which is just like at the mercy of, you know, people with, with more power than I do. And power in, in a way that like, he's a strong guy and he's got fucking knives for hands, but... But it's control power. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So all he can really do is control himself and what he does and like put up that barrier. Mm. And this these movies are about like, what are the consequences if you choose not to do that? If you choose to step out, do you even have a choice? Are there ways that people could trick you into like giving up control of your own life? And <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah. I'm I'm gonna pair it with that. And I will say like Hugh Jackman does a is just like carries the shit out of the X Men franchise and the yes, reason that he got all of his own movies. And like I was honestly gonna pair this with Logan, but I feel like Logan just says different stuff. The story yeah, is not precisely the same. I feel like Logan is much more about. Logan's well, like, a Western, right? Like, it's not exactly about owning your own labor. and but like, passing on legacy is yeah, kind yeah. of in there. Yeah. More of that stuff, yeah. Yeah, and, like, coming to terms with the fact that you're obsolete, and that's not what Thief is. No. Very much the opposite of that is, like, he is the expert. <laughs> yes, like, he is. Frank is the expert in his field, and... Yeah, I just... I feel like those two characters have a lot in common. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like, it's a pretty cool-looking movie. Like, James Mangold yeah. does good good movies. I, I usually enjoy his stuff, so... Like, I feel like the first Wolverine one was so panned uh rightly so it was so uh, hard to watch <laughs> that i know i never got around to that second one for years mm. and years and years but it sure, is sure. like it's it's probably one of my topper tier uh x-men certainly the, the spin-offs like the offshoot yeah. kind of things yeah yeah honestly we were watching them because um popcorn bucket pod is was doing like an yeah. x-men franchise <laughs> watch through and uh yeah and just they were talking about it and i was like fuck these sound really cool i should watch these <laughs> so thanks guys yeah um yeah, and and honestly, it is it is a movie that's fun to watch. You can you can excise all the silly comic book stuff if you wish to, and just make it about like Logan's whole deal. And I feel like it maps fairly well for Thief. Sweet. Yeah, I like that. What about you? Well, for me, I went not in the same direction, but a kind of similar direction. I'm going with Thief as the like, here's our big art has something to say, kind of kind of piece. Sure. And I'm going to be pairing it with another. Another noir, another I could, maybe it's a neo noir. Mm. It is much more pulpy, uh, so we're going with okay. like pulp side of not exploitation cinema, but like you know that in it's that not, neighborhood, yeah, not that far off. Okay, uh, so this is another like I said, I don't know if you'd call it a noir or neo noir, but it's it's just as visually and auditorially unique. Okay, compared to its others in its field. And, like, subtracting the violence that occurs in each one of them, I love what each of them has to say about freelance work and bad bosses and <laughs> being treated like a cog in a machine that you don't have control over. Okay. Um, so I am going to pair this with 1966's Tokyo Drifter. Yes! From Saijin Suzuki. You saw nice. it before. I, I thought I was, I thought you were going to, yeah. <laughs> the second you were, like, visually and auditorially unique and bad bosses, <laughs> that's what I thought was coming. Nice. All right. Tell me why. So this is, just to, like, lay the groundwork of what this movie is, uh, after a Yakuza boss dissolves his own crime empire, a rival kingpin offers a position to that Yakuza's top operative, who's Tetsuya, quote, Phoenix Tetsu is his nickname, Hondo. <laughs> Uh, but when the very loyal Tetsu declines, the rival 
uh, Yakuza boss just brings in some assassins to take him out because it's one of those like, well, we can't just have him walking around. Yeah, it's like when a lion takes over another pride, like, yeah, I gotta kill all these little ones. <laughs> uh, and so he becomes the Tokyo Drifter, uh, where he learns that one of his former associates had likely betrayed him. Mm-hmm. So it's all about this, like, well, what does loyalty mean? What control do I have over my life? Sure. How did I get to where I am? Like, what forced me to destroy my life for these people kind of thing? And it's very much like the decisions in the moment seem like obviously this is the only thing you can do mm-hmm. but then suddenly you're in hokkaido and like what do i what do i do now yeah i live in <laughs> there's I live... no support system what am i doing even here and like yeah. if you've not seen a saijin suzuki movie before they are typically there to be like i don't care if you understand what's happening fuck you <laughs> it took us three times i think for me to be like okay um... <laughs> all right so that guy belongs to this mob bo- okay but they are the thief and Tokyo Drifter are the coolest looking movies. Yeah, they are. And the main dudes are just like so cool. Uh, like they're flawed, but they're so cool. Uh, Tetsu like whistles and I think sings his own theme song his while own. he Tokyo drifts around the world. Does he know what it is? Never explained. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, but the, yeah, they look so fucking cool, and it's all about yes, yeah, what lengths you will go to to protect your own autonomy. Aut- Autonomy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> autonomy. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like where Thief is this really realistic down to earth like. Grounded as fuck. Crime story. Tokyo Drifter is this like we don't care if there's continuity. Yeah. <laughs> and is that a wall or is it just a well lit backdrop? Who cares? Is this a set on purpose? Like in the within the movie it's a set or. Am is I in it... a nightclub or is this a dreamscape? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Is Gene Kelly about to come out and do a routine? <laughs> it, looks, it looks like Gene Kelly's It looks yeah. like the middle of Singing in the Rain. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the, a lot of the fun backstory of the Suzuki movie is, like, he did all his movies in black and white, and then he asked for color, and they're like, great, you get color, but you get no funding for anything because we hate how you make movies. And we're, like, an inch <laughs> away from firing you, and yeah. he's like, you want to fire Fine. me? I will force you to with how I make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thought you didn't like my movies before. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> such a great... God damn, like, it's just this 90-minute thing that, like, I hope someone will go out and watch this now, having not heard of it before. Don't, if you start getting lost in the sea of the plot, don't worry too much about it. Vibes only, baby. Just stick with what's happening to Mr. Tokyo Drifter, and you will be safe. Yeah, is Uh, he sad or happy at the time? (laughs) You'll know by how he bases, uh, how he sings his song. Yeah. Yeah. Does he whistle it in a minor key? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Totally. just Japanese noir is its own like subset of noir that it exists in the space between noir and neo noir that yeah. it's got its own conventions and it's very it's very cool but this agree. is a real close analog to me yeah, yeah. yep I f- fully agree yep. nice taking back the power of labor yeah yes the original Tokyo drifting <laughs> sure <Yeah. laughs> alright yeah that's where the phrase comes from are we gonna is it? I'm fairly certain. Are you making fun of me? Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I it's tell. like the earliest that I could find the phrase existing, so. Great. Yeah. Now we're going to have to do a full run of the Fast and Furious franchise to see if it lines up with, like, class analysis. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm sure, no, no, smarter people than us have definitely done this before. We'll find them. We'll send them <laughs> us. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. I don't know. Well, we gotta package ourselves up to get set there. Uh, in the meantime, please uh, find us on that there internet at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Give us those reviews on your podcast platform. Go watch Thief. Go watch Tokyo Drifter. Go watch The Wolverine. It's they're fun. They're fun. 
You'll have fun. <laughs> and uh, a happy Labor Day. Everyone yeah. know that we are all in it together. Absolutely. Go attend a Labor Day parade after yeah. listening to this. With all that in mind, please come back and join us for another pile of garbage. Thanks, one and all. dreaming. This is payday. It is over. You know, you, when, when you had trouble with the cops, you pay them off like everybody else because that's the way things are done. But not you, huh? No. Yeah. They don't run me and you don't run me. I give you houses, I give you a car, you're family. I thought you'd come around. What the hell is this? What? Where is gratitude? Where is my end? You can't see day for night. I can see my money is still in your pocket, which is from the yield of my labor. What gratitude? You are making big profits from my work, my risk, my sweat, but that is okay because I elected it to make that deal, but now the deal is over. I want my end. And I am out. Why don't you join the labor union? I am wearing it. <laughs> <laughs>